Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. It might feel like a lot right now to see all the media reflecting back on the horror we witnessed a year ago this week, when a mob of Trump supporters, conspiracy theorists, and white supremacists stormed the U.S. Capitol building to try and overturn the 2020 presidential election. And I'm totally sympathetic to those of you who may be feeling at a complete loss for what we're supposed to do about all this, especially from here in the Bay Area. There is one lawmaker from the South Bay who's currently super involved in figuring out what went down that day. Representative Zoe Lofgren is one of nine House members tasked with investigating the attacks. She was also there in the Capitol on January 6th. So today, we're sharing an interview with her and our KQED colleague, Brian Watt. They talk about what it was like on that day, what the committee is up to, and what's ahead. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. So I have to ask you first, where were you when you first felt things were getting dangerous? I was on the uh, House floor. There were, I must say, baseless challenges to the electoral count in Arizona. And I was the senior Democrat, uh, the first to speak in opposition to those claims. For what purpose does the gentlewoman from California seek recognition? To strike the last word. Without objection, the gentlewoman is recognized for Madam five Speaker, minutes. Madam Speaker, this day marks a crossroads for American democracy. You know, the Republicans, many of them were refusing to wear masks. This is before vaccination. Mm. And so after I spoke, I uh, went into the cloakroom to kind of avoid breathing uh, their air. And I was watching C-SPAN, what was going on on the floor as it was proceeding. 
and turned on the other TV to the news and was shocked to see uh, a mob attacking the Capitol. I think the other members of Congress on the floor were by and large not aware of what was going on outside. I went out and let some of the other members know, and I don't think I adequately conveyed the level of assault. And then shortly thereafter, we could hear shouts, noise from outside, pounding on the door. The speaker was whisked away, and I knew that was pretty serious because that's line of succession to the presidency, not about her service as speaker. Mm. The police came and we were finally advised to take the gas masks that are under each seat on the floor because there had been tear gas let in the rotunda. And then we were evacuated. There was a crowd gathering at the other end of the hallway and so we were evacuated, but just barely. I see videos and images of people inside the House chamber or Speaker Pelosi's office. And I wonder what might have happened to members and staff if they hadn't been able to evacuate. Do you ever think about your own personal safety if you had actually been in direct contact with people that day? Well, I try not to dwell on that because it doesn't help anything. I'm focused instead on the work we're doing in the select committee investigating January 6th. But honestly, if you take a look at the violence that was perpetrated on the police, one has to assume that that violence would have been perpetrated on members of the House and Senate had the mob been able to find us. Certainly that's what they were saying, and we know that they were capable of extreme violence. So in your work on this committee, I think I've read that the panel has interviewed at least 250 witnesses. More than 350. More than 350 at this point. With all that you've learned, what has surprised you the most? We will unveil the details at the appropriate time, but I will say the breadth of the plot is pretty startling, and it wasn't just started on the 5th of January. It was a serious threat to prevent the person who was elected president from becoming president and to place instead the losing candidate in office, a complete departure from what our Constitution and our democracy requires, and it came remarkably close. With all that you've learned in the investigation so far, do you have ideas about what policies Congress should be pursuing on the role of social media and misinformation in situations like this? Well, that's a very complex question. Certainly, there are social media companies, and I would say in particular Facebook, who had played a very damaging role in the spread of lies. How to deal with that is, is not an easy answer. The other thing we need to look at is the mechanics of the counting itself. The Electoral Count Act puts the details on the 12th Amendment. And although the efforts to overturn the election were clearly improper and quite possibly illegal, I think it would make sense to tighten up 
the Electoral Count Act so that those seeking to do damage to the democracy uh, might not encounter any ambiguity uh, in that statute. So that's something we're working on. You know, the former president threatened repeatedly to invoke the Insurrection Act and to send the military in to seize control of uh, civilian activities in various states. I think we need to take a look at the standards in the Insurrection Act to prevent a bad actor from uh, basically establishing martial law to supplant civilian government. This year promises to be very busy for the January 6th committee. There will be public hearings and probably a lot more interviews that aren't public. Do you think that there's information that has yet to be exposed that that could serve as an inflection point for people who might view January 6th as more of a protest gone bad than an insurrection? I think so. And really, the challenge we face is to continue to get the information. We don't have the whole story yet, but also to think carefully about how that information is presented so that it is credible to every element of American society. This has to be information that people can look at and say, yeah, that's what happened. We can't just write a report and put it on a shelf. That will not serve uh, the interests of fully informing the American public. You know, one of our uh, challenges is to make sure that this report is interesting and goes viral. What are the potential impacts that will, will filter down to regular people? Well, obviously, people are concerned about a lot of things, and rightly so. Uh, We all hoped and expected that COVID would be behind us, and then the Omicron uh, set us back, and it's very distressing. The uh, pandemic has had economic impacts, which are also distressing to people. We're also concerned about, you know, the dramatic weather events that we're having that are really related to climate change and the wildfires and the floods and the like. It's concerning to people. I will say this, however, if we lose our democracy, we won't have the capacity to deal with the other issues that we face. And so this is very serious. As we pay attention to the day-to-day issues that we must pay attention to, we can't lose sight of the need to protect our democracy because that really is the underlying basis for dealing with everything else. In a place like the Bay Area, we're not in a place where we feel like voter suppression is happening, where democracy is under threat. What could we do to help? People who are in the Bay Area can be active politically, not just in our own races, but working across the country to make sure that a once proud political party that has become a cult does not gain control and really doom the democracy. Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren, thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you. 
That was U.S. Representative Zoe Lofgren from California's 19th Congressional District, which includes San Jose, Gilroy, and Morgan Hill, speaking with KQED's Brian Watt. She's also a member of the Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. This episode was cut by Christopher Beale and edited by Alan Montecilio, and I scored this episode. Brian's interview was produced by Mary Franklin Harvin, Alex Gonzalez, and Katie McMurrin. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. You can find The Bay on Twitter at The Bay KQED. Talk to you next time. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.